Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. My name's John Crawford, and I have the privilege of landing this series. And so today I'll be talking about beyond, what it means to go, as as Stu said, beyond. I was going to say four walls, but there's actually about six or seven in here. But you know what I mean? Getting getting the good news of Jesus out beyond these these walls into a, a, a place, into a people, into a community that desperately needs to know him. Yeah? It's not going to feel or sound like a beyond kind of message at first. So I'm going to encourage you though to hang in there. I feel like we've got to go backwards a little bit before we go forward. So hang in there with me. Trust me. I'm a professional. No, I'm not. Just trust me as we go forward and, uh, and we'll just see what God does. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've gathered us here again today. You never gather us for no reason, ever. And uh, I pray that your Holy Spirit, and by your Holy Spirit, you might speak directly into our souls, directly into our minds, and that uh, we might be changed, as your word says, from glory to glory, to be more and more like Jesus, then you just spark something within us that will cause us, cause us to take the good news of Jesus with great joy and with great enthusiasm and share it with people who don't know you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that you already know, I don't have to tell you this, but you already know this, is that we live in a very, very noisy world. And I'm not talking about the noise that comes in, comes in through the ears. Sorry, I'm used to a headset. This is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> not the stuff that comes into the ears, but the stuff that happens in between the ears, in the mind. It's a very noisy place to be. Would you agree? Because right now you're probably thinking... Who am I going to see? Guess who's coming to lunch today? And you're thinking about that and will the lasagna be any good? And you're probably thinking about what about the kids? What's happening with the kids in, in kids' ministry? And what am I going to do this week at work? And I've got this issue. I've got to, And I'm trying to cut through that noise so you hear, not so much me, but you hear from God this morning. It's a very noisy space up here. And it's probably a noisy space for me as well, uh, constantly. Constantly trying to do that. Now, I, I don't know much about marketing, but I know enough about marketing to know this, that marketers try and find a place in your brain. They're trying to get mental real estate in your head to be able to find a platform or a voice from which they can give you or sell you or whatever it might be, get you on board. And so that's why it gets so noisy in our heads. But I I sense there's times in our lives when we get in these scenarios or these situations where we don't actually have to try to clear our minds. We kind of park all this noise to each side because something, we're in that situation usually talking with somebody that's so important it gets cut through. Often it's the time when you realise you're never going to see a particular person again. You're never going to meet with them. You're never going to speak with them. And there's this cut through that happens and you realise that this is it in this relationship. I, I had this experience a few weeks ago, probably six to eight weeks ago. I was standing at the door out here, probably spruiking Alpha as I tend to do. And uh, I saw somebody that I'd known all of my life and I realised I will probably never ever see them again. 
And in that moment, with people coming and people going and people trying to get my attention for Alpha or whatever it might have been, I had no trouble in zeroing in on that one person. I don't remember too much about what they said, but I remember their face, I remember their smile, I remember the moments and it just brought all these memories back and that was it. And I had no trouble whatsoever giving pretty much 100% of my attention to that one person. And through the years I've sat with plenty of people, and some of you in this room have done the same, plenty of people who are grieving people that, uh, that they've just lost, family members in particular, and they'll say, I'll never forget the final words that mum said when, and they fill in the gap. And I've heard that many, many, many times. In fact, a few years ago, there was a lady in our church that I was pastoring a church, and her name's Dina. Dina, is, uh, she's an interesting lady. For 15 years, she's just saying, why am I still here, pastor? I want to go and see Jesus. It's like, what? I don't understand it. I'm still alive. I said, you're here for your family, Dina. You know, and that's another story. But Dina was like one of these people, and you've got to sort of know her personality a little bit. You don't have to ask what Dina's thinking. She'll just tell you. She had absolutely no filters, which happens when you get in the 80s and 90s. You just hear about it. But um, uh, sorry for all of those who are here in the 80s and 90s. Um, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. You don't have any filters. I actually like that. You just hear the truth, right? So we heard that Dina was in hospital and we heard that, that various, um, uh, her body was basically shutting down and so Yvonne and I, my wife Yvonne and I went to visit Dina in the hospital and we went in the hospital room, just lying there with her eyes closed and the nurse woke her up and when she opened her eyes and saw her, she, she just sort of beamed, you know, and smiled and then she looked across at me yeah, anyway, she still sort of smiled at me. I think she liked to see Yvonne more than me. But anyway, uh, she'd just been and she smiled and we started telling stories and she's going, I'm going to see Jesus tonight. It's going to be tonight. I can't wait. I'm so excited. That's literally how she was the whole time. And, and so we shared a lot of stories. We smiled and uh, we cried a little bit. And then all of a sudden, she just closed her eyes and that was it. And I said to Yvonne, I'm like, is she... Is that it? Should I get the nurse? Like, what's going on? And, and so everyone just leaned over and she went, Dina. And then just not a movement. And we realised her hearing aids were on the little table alongside the bed. So she a little bit louder. She went, Dina, still nothing. And I went, I better go and get the nurse, I'm thinking. Third time, she says, Dina. And Dina just opens her eyes and looks at us. And she smiles. And her eyes fill with tears. And she turns to Yvonne and she smiles. And she turns her head slowly to me on the other side of the bed and she smiles. And then she said four words that I'll never, ever forget. She said, you can go now. That was it. That was like a benediction on our relationship. <laughs> you can go now. That's it. So we did. Two days later, she was with Jesus. And a few days after that, I had the joy of doing her funeral and I had no problems leaning in to listen to what these final words I guess that Dina sh shared with us and I'm going to ask you this morning because final words are important and I'm going to ask you this morning just to lean in because I'm going to share two lots of final words that were spoken by the same person they're spoken about 40 days apart 
you're going, Who's, who gives two lots of final words? Well, of course, it's Jesus, right? Jesus has two lots of final words. With one, he closes off a ministry. And with the other, he opens up our ministry. With one, he did what we couldn't do. And with the other set of final words, he sets us up to take on his ministry that he left us to do. And for me, these two sets of final words of Jesus, and, you, and you, can, you know what I'm talking about, one's from the cross and one's later with his disciples, you already know that. But they're linked together for me with one particular verse that he says to his disciples, it's found in John 20, 21. And he says this to his disciples. He turns up in this space and he says, peace to you, because when Jesus turns up out of nowhere, you need to say peace peace to you because it's probably a scary thing he says as the father has sent me i am sending you now honestly if you if you let that truth go from here cut through here down into here it will blow your mind you think about it as the father has sent jesus into the world that goes back to all the ministry that jesus did when he came to earth he says in that same way, think of all of that. He says, I am sending you. Just let that sit for a minute. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? And so Jesus, uh, his final words are words that are said from the cross. So if we go back to his first lot of final words. Jesus is nailed to a cross. He's got a crown of thorns on his head. His entire body is bloodied and bruised and beaten. And he's got a nail through his feet, a nail through each wrist, and somehow he pushes himself up on those nails and pulls himself up on those nails and he fills his lungs for the final time. It's recorded that he screamed out these words at the top of his lungs. He said this, It is finished in the original language it's just one word <laughs> it's just one word but for us it is finished now if you've been in church world for a while you you'll probably know what the it is you'd be saying oh well that means that jesus has died on the cross to pay for my sins and and i have a relationship now with him and with my heavenly father and when i die i go to be with him and that's a hundred percent correct but the it they've written libraries about the word it or about that whole concept of that it is finished there's libraries written about this stuff because it's massive it's huge and i haven't got time to unpack hardly any of it this morning but what it basically says to us, that every single thing, every single sin, every single loose word, every single thing that we've done, every thought, stray thought that we've had, every single thing that we've done with somebody else, it's all been paid for, everything. In fact, paid in full is a good translation of this word, paid in full. In fact, that's what was stamped. In those days, a very common word that was used, that Jesus used here, it is finished, paid in full. It was stamped on someone might have a loan and they pay the loan off and they would have had this word stamped on the loan payment. It is finished. It is complete. It is paid in full. By now, you guys should be cheering, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> if that truth sinks down deep into your soul, I mean, it, 
it'll change everything or it should change everything. It is finished. And if you want to know what the word it is, it's right through the Gospels, right through the New Testament. Jesus is constantly telling the disciples what it is. He's constantly telling the purpose of why he came to earth. But for, for me, there's a couple of things I'm just going to sit with today that might help, help you. Certainly help me. One of them is in, found in, in John 4. John's just Jesus, Jesus' closest friend. So he's very intimate with Jesus in the sense that he's, he just knows what Jesus is thinking. They're very, very close. And John has a very special relationship there. And he writes this. He records this in, uh, when Jesus and the disciples meet this woman, at, uh, this Samaritan woman at the well. And, um, and they find, the disciples find Jesus there talking to this woman. And this is a comment that he makes when he finds out that they have, he hasn't eaten anything. And he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And here's the word, finish his work. Jesus is only about what the Father wanted him to do. Full stop. That's it. That's all he did, just to finish what God wanted him to do. And the second verse for me is this one, again written by John, and this is probably in reflection because this is one of his little, little letters towards the end of the Bible, 1 John 3. It says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. How good is that? He came to put to death on the cross everything the devil wants to do in our lives and in your life. I read just this morning in John 8. Jesus is saying the devil is a liar. He's a father of lies. He's a liar. In other words, the devil has no capacity for anything but lying. And he's constantly, he's, he's constantly trying to get in our heads and trip us up with lies. And that's one of the things that stops us going forward, stops us going beyond, stops us taking the good news of Jesus going forward. And you'll find that out in a minute. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I'm kind of stymied. I'm kind of hemmed in from sharing the good news of Jesus by a whole stack of things, a whole heap of different thoughts and things that come into my head that stop me from going forward. And I sometimes forget that Jesus has dealt with the stuff in my life on the cross i still struggle with stuff maybe you do as well but he's actually died to deal with my stuff on the cross and if you feel like that you're in good company because right through the gospels right through the letters they're constantly helping people deal with the stuff in their lives and to realize that jesus has died and paid for absolutely everything it is finished it is paid in full opens the door for the second message. But before we get there, in the book of Hebrews, there's a writer who says, uh, sort of points out the things that can actually stop us from going forward. It's actually written in your, in your vision handout, if you got one this week or last week. It says a passage from Hebrews 12, 1, where it says, before that, it says, all these people were kind of heroes of the faith. These are the people that despite, 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 these are the first responders or as I like to call them, first beyonders. These are the people who went beyond themselves at the cost of their own lives sometimes to be faithful to what God has done. And it says, 
Therefore, in, because of this great group of people that are around us, because of, we're surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, in other words, all the people who have gone, all the first responders, all the beyonders, all the people who have already gone out there, everyone should be a beyonder, by the way. I'm hoping everyone becomes a beyonder. If you don't know what that is, that's Greek for um, beyonder. I don't know. I made the word up. So everyone should be a beyonder when we go outside of ourselves to take this good message of Jesus to others. But because we're surrounded by a whole bunch of people, we are to press on. But it, there's a couple of things that trip us up. And this is what sort of I kind of connected with. It says, it says, throw off all the things that stop you from running, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We need to get rid of These are the things that stop us going beyond, becoming a beyonder. These are the things that can trip us up and, and stymie us and stop us because we, we can get weighed down by stuff and sin can trip us up. You see, the devil only has two things that he can do, two tools at his disposal. One of them is temptation. The other thing is condemnation. Temptation is the sin that can easily trip us up. He wants to get us off track. As we're moving forward in our faith, we're moving uh, out to help people uh, hear about Jesus. He is actually trying to trip us up with, our, with sin. And I find, I don't know about you, but I find sin one of the easier things to deal with in the sense that if I say, if I'm praying, and I do this from time to time, probably not as often as I should, if I'm praying, I say, God, can you just show me my sin? Sometimes I don't even have to ask it. I already know. I already know. But sometimes the Holy Spirit just sort of puts his finger on something. I go, oh, okay, and I confess it. I confess it, and I deal with it. I say, I'm sorry. And God says, it's okay. Let's, let's move forward from here. For me, sin is an easier issue to deal with in that, in that sense, to recognize. Do you understand what I'm saying? The thing that I don't always recognize is the things that trip me up, which sometimes is condemnation. There's a couple of things that, that this can refer to. One of them is sometimes we have so much stuff in our life that stops us from going beyond. And they, they're not necessarily bad. They're sometimes good things, but they, they're not part of what God wants us to do. We get caught up with a whole stack of stuff, week in and week out, and go, oh, I can't do this because I, I've promised to do another thing. You know, I, I, I can't go and witness to my neighbour or talk to my neighbour about Jesus because, oh, look at, you know, I've got my Netflix show starting in a few minutes. That kind of thing. Things get in the way and... and and there's that. And then the other thing is the condemnation. The condemnation can come out of sin. And we forget that Jesus has said, it is finished. It's paid in full. And we forget that it's not just when we, not just when we die and we go to see Jesus and we go to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. It's not just that. The fact is that he's actually dealt with the guilt and the shame and the fear of death in particular, and fear in our lives, it's been nailed to the cross. Every lie that Satan wants to tell you about, you're hopeless, you're pathetic, you're no good, you're whatever, that's been nailed to the cross, it's been dealt with. You are perfect in God's sight through Jesus. And we forget that, and that can sometimes slow me up. It can slow all of us up when it comes to being, uh, to moving forward and going beyond who we are and beyond ourselves. And so I want to encourage you this morning to accept in a fresh way, maybe even embrace the fact that Jesus has dealt 
with everything so that you can have the confidence and be empowered to become a beyonder kind of person. I think one of the things that we instinctively do is that we share good news. It's almost like we can't help it. You know, you get, get the job you went for and you're praying about and you just can't help yourself. You've got to, you've got to tell people, you know. You go to a good restaurant you go and tell everybody, I went to this great restaurant the other night, you really need to try it out. You go and see a movie, you do the same sort of thing. You get a pay rise, you know, you probably don't say anything about that. Um, but you know what I'm saying? We, we can't help but share good news. And the good news for us is, is it's, it's done. It is finished. And maybe... It doesn't always feel finished uh, with you because, or with me, it's because we have this guilt and this shame that trips us up and weighs us down. So when the good news of Jesus grabs our heart, there's this, there should be this impetus for us to go and share that good news. I think this, the good news is the centrepiece, really, of the second last word of Jesus. It sounds weird saying that the second last. The first one, it is finished. The second one is when he's with his disciples in the mountain and he's about to go back to the Father and he's got them all gathered around and he says this as a last word. He basically says this and then goes. This is it. He says, all power, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. And he says, go, make disciples of all nations. Now, that word nations uh, is actually a little Greek word which is ethnos and ethnos is where we get the word ethnic from. Nations is not a great translation for me because there's about 195-ish nations on the planet but there's thousands of ethnic groups. In other words, God says, I want to populate heaven with every possible ethnic group, every possible sub ethnic group you can imagine that might be the person across the road is different from you i don't know uh, he wants to populate heaven with every single group of ethnos so he says go and make disciples no, notice it's us that does the making we are the ones that make disciples it's weird isn't it in the first one he's done it all in the second one we are to do it this is the ministry of christ and we are called to do this job as we go beyond ourselves. He says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptizing is just an outward expression of an inward commitment. It's basically aligning ourselves with the, with the life and the death and the, and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. That's what it is. It's saying, yeah, I, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And, and it's an, this outward expression. And we are to do that. And then it says, teaching them to obey, teaching them to do, uh, teaching them to observe, you might have in your translation or whatever you read. And I don't like the word observe because sometimes we just sit back and look. But it's teaching them to do and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Now, I've, I've had, I don't know about you, Sue, but I've had plenty of people who have said to me, I want to go into the deep things of God. I just want to go deep into the deep things of God. And I go, so, like, what do you mean by that? Oh, you know, you know, the, the, the deep things. You, you know, Pastor, you know, you know what a deep thing is, you know. Um, what do you mean by the deep things? And when you sort of poke around a bit, you realise they, 
I'm not sure what they, they want, but look, if you ever thought of that, maybe it's just getting into the word and getting into the, the original languages and all that sort of stuff. That's fine. That's good. That's brilliant to do that. But here's the deep things of God that we are to teach and we are to, uh, as we make disciples. Here's the first deep, deep thing of God. Love one another. That's deep. When you get that right, when you've nailed that and you've perfected loving one another, here's another one. Go make a disciple. In fact, make a disciple that makes disciples. Because when you do that, you start to get into the depth of what Jesus really wants you to do. And you get to know him. You don't really know him unless you do what he says to do. So we are to teach people to obey. And he says, by the way... It's okay, you're not going to do it by yourself, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you, I'm going to empower you, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to give you opportunities, I'm going to open up great opportunities for you to go beyond yourself. And that's what it means to go beyond. Every single person who knows Jesus is, has the potential to be a disciple who makes disciples. That's why I love Alpha so much. I was looking at, um, we haven't got as many people, we're close, but haven't got as many people enrolled in Alpha this year, in this, this second one, but we've got like 30% of people who are on the journey who are yet to make a decision. That's why I do Alpha. That's a lot more than the first round. <laughs> That's just amazing. About 30% are still on the journey. And I want to be a tiny little part of seeing God do extraordinary work in their lives. But maybe this morning you're saying, I'm not quite ready to do the beyond bit. I'm still stuck back on the it is finished. I haven't really embraced this whole truth that Jesus has died and done everything for me that I needed done for myself. He's forgiven my sins. I, haven't, I can't get past it. That's okay. It's all part of a journey. That's good. You're in a good place for that today. Maybe some of you are, um, have things that are tangling up your feet or finding you're finding it heavy to move as you go through this journey with Jesus. Maybe there's things in your life that you say, look, I'm, I, just, I just need to surrender them to Jesus. Uh, and I haven't done that. Maybe today that's for you as well. But maybe others today have, say, have said, okay, it's time. I want to become a beyonder. I want to get beyond these four walls. And for some of you, beyond might simply be going beyond yourself, saying, okay, I feel this, but I'm going to go beyond my own incapacities so I can reach people. My, I think I might have been sharing this with Sue this week. My, my, dad was, um, my dad was one of the shyest people I have ever met. Like, he was painfully shy. How he ever... Managed to land my mother in the, and marry her. I have no idea. Very, very shy person. And yet he would be the one who would be greeting people all the time. And I said, how do you, how do, you do that? He goes, well, I reckon there's a whole bunch of people who are just a bit like me. And so, I, so his beyond was getting past his own shyness to be able to smile. And he was one of our top welcomers at church. He was amazing. He was amazing. But he got beyond himself. And then he was able to go beyond that and minister to people because he figured they needed Jesus as well. So today, maybe you've just, your beyond might be going beyond yourself. Your beyond might be going over the threshold of your doorstep at your house. Your beyond might be going across 
the road and talk to a neighbour. You're beyond. Might be going to the person who works in a cubicle next to you at work and just having morning tea and chatting with them and getting to hear their story before you get to share yours. I don't know what your beyond is, but I do know this. Jesus is calling all of us to go beyond. You see, there's another situation I think gets cut through. And they're up already. Perfect timing. There's another situation that gets cut through. It's not just those times where you hear the final words. I think that the situations that people will stop and listen is when you share the difference that Jesus makes in your life. And you may not use those words, but you just share your story. The story that might say, you know, once I was blind, but now I see, I get it. Once I was dead, now I'm alive. Once I was hurting, now God has brought me through that and he loves me. Simple, simple story. Those, I believe, are moments that God can use to cut through as we go beyond ourselves and bring Jesus to the people outside these walls. Will you stand with me? I want to pray with you and then we're going to worship. Let's stand to pray. So for those who can't, can't quite get to the beyond bit, but maybe you're sort of stuck back at the it is finished, and honestly, you never really leave that behind. But you're going, I just need to grapple with it is finished, it is paid. Everything in my life has been dealt with on the cross through Jesus. I can't quite grasp it, but honestly, you don't need to get it all now. It's just like... Enough to say, I need, to, I need Jesus in my life. If that's you this morning, all you've got to do is just say, Heavenly Father, <laughs> thank you that it is finished. Thank you that everything in my life is paid for. I want to come into your presence. I want to be a follower of Jesus. Will you come and inhabit my life today? What's that effect? And that's the beginning of your journey with Jesus. Maybe some of you this morning, you, you've got some hurts and some pains and they're holding you down and holding you back from the joy that Jesus wants to have in your life. I've spoken to some people recently and there's some generational stuff going on in people's lives and I just, if that's you today, maybe there's something that's happened with your, the generations in your family, then I want to take, I want to be bold enough to take authority over those things today and say enough is enough. I'm going to drive a stake in the grandfather and say, today, enough is enough. You have forgiven everything. You have dealt with everything on the cross and today. I want to pray in the precious name of Jesus, release over people who feel like they're held back and held down and tripped up and they can't run the race that God has for them in sharing Jesus with others. And for the rest of us, Father, um, I just pray that you would light a fire in our heart that begins now, that goes through today, through tomorrow, as we go to work, whatever it might be, into the places that you send us and the places that you prepare and the people and the scenarios that you open up to us, that we might be beyonders that bring glory to you. We pray that in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.